Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I have to say, I'm pretty much starting every day going to our private Facebook page and reading the um, <laughs> reading the concophony of comments from members talking about how they're living the doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it lifestyle. And uh, it's so funny. They always start out every one of their uh, you know their comments saying, "I didn't want to do it. I hated doing it." I was, you know, barfing in my car before I got out of the car to do it. I was had cold sweats from doing it. I tried to talk myself out of doing it. It was just nonstop, you know, mental shit show, and I did it, and I got success. It is so cool to see you guys pushing through. You know, Julie and I were talking this morning. Julie, are you on? Julie and I were talking this morning about um, one of the chapters we're working on in the book. All right, so Julie, let me try again. Um, I think I'm on. Julie, there you are. Yeah, yeah, you're on. Okay, okay so good. Julie and I were talking. Julie and I were talking about. I clicked the wrong button. I cannot believe after 2,000 shows, I still screw this up. <laughs> Seriously, that's what happened. I just didn't click the right button. So Julie and I were talking this morning about um, one of the chapters in the book, and the topic of today is called. By the way, guys, this isn't what I'm about to share with you, but I wanted to share with you something that we were thinking about because I know it will have a direct, immediate, positive impact on your birth uh, and your businesses and personal lives. By the way, the topic of today's show is five uh, step proven goal accomplishing plan. This is part two. We did part one the other day. So Julie and I were talking about, um, we we're talking about the event we're doing in uh, uh, July. We we're talking about uh, a chapter for the book. We we're talking about the event we're doing in, in Hawaii in December. We we're talking about basically this concept. Everyone sort of intellectually understands the idea of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. But the problem is, and what we try to do on this podcast, probably 50% of the time, is drilling down on the how to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And I was trying to help Julie think of a way to express this in a story for the sake of the book, because it's easy for us uh, to just simply you know, drop into lists. Okay. First thing you do is you wake up in the morning, you have a schedule. Then the second thing you do is this. The third thing you do is that. Okay. That's the easy button for us to go into that type of presentation as far as how you do the doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. But truthfully, that's not truly drilling down. That's us being lazy and not giving you guys the real practical, tactical information. So I had a little epiphany this morning and I was thinking about Julie when I had this epiphany. And I'm going to share it with all of you guys. Actually, Julie, you know what? I'll share it and you embellish it. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah. Fine. That'll okay. Work. Do you mind me telling this story, by the way? It's kind of personal for you. No, it's all right. Because I'm going to do it anyway. It's good. I have to <laughs> okay. do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it after all, so it's okay. It's all right. You got, feedback. you got feedback. You got feedback on your line, by the way. All right. Okay. So, I'm going to call back in, but you can get started. Okay. So here's, here's basically what the idea I had. Because again, my goal, Julie's and I's goal as being coaches is to help you guys move past a lot of the things that cause you to really not experience any success or the success that you could otherwise accomplish. And really the essence of everything in life is doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level and focusing on being of service to other people. That, that really is the drilled down essence of success, those two thoughts. So how do you do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level? How do you actually convince yourself to do that? 
And so I, I had the, uh, the idea that Julie was the living, breathing example of doing what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do at the highest level. She's back on, by the way. So, and, and the way to explain this is orange theory. Now, I'm going to explain it because Julie, we, and she'll embellish it if she wants to, but I'll just, how I remember it. We started going to orange theory not even a year ago, about, damn, Julie, about 10 months ago. How crazy is that? So we started going to orange theory about 10 months ago. And Julie is somebody who would classify herself as not just being non-athletic. I mean, she's always been lean and in good shape and she's always done athletic things and she's always been lean and she's, you know, she's, you know, petite and all that, but she's never been athletic. And to the point where she had convinced herself all the way into her forties that she didn't, that she maybe had some sort of physical defect that would prevent her from running. That would prevent her. She'd, she'd always say, I just can't do it for long periods of time. She's good at sprinting, but she couldn't run for long periods of time. She didn't understand that what she was experiencing was what everybody experiences when they start doing the physical exercise or really doing anything that makes you uncomfortable. She just was, she was giving up too soon and she didn't recognize it. She wasn't drawing a parallel between what she knew professionally. And by the way, she knew this from her, uh, you know, one of her other careers as a professional musician. She used to play in orchestras, as you guys know, while we were building her real estate business, she was in some orchestras. And uh, so she knew that she had to do what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level, but she didn't realize that that same process transferred directly to uh, working out. So she had been somebody who had been, say, more on the academic intellectual side of the equation and, you know, less on the physical side of the equation. And so she did not ever have an experience in her life that would counter the, the, her belief that she was less than when it came to her physical ability to run for five miles or 10 miles or do some things physically that other people could do. Now, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to get into the exact story, but I'm going to give you guys this background because I think all of you can relate. So she was raised in a family that was also just like that. They were not physical. They did not play sports. You did not go over there on the weekends and see running shoes by the front door. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying a fact. And furthermore, they probably did not, re, they probably reinforced her not being athletic because it was not in alignment with basically their worldview with regards to how you should be as an adult, which is more of an academic, which is more intellectual and less physical. So, okay, now I'm going to, trust me guys, I'll draw all the parallels here in a second. So that was Julie's background. So when we started going to Orange Theory, um, so my approach to it is like, you know, some of you will relate to this. I just got in the damn runner and I started running and I just told myself that that thing was going to throw me off and slap me against the wall. So just the way I was just going to do it. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to intellectualize about it. I wasn't going to think about it. I was just going to find out if, how much I could take. And, and that's what I started doing. And, and as a result of that, I was able to start running and getting up distances and speeds pretty, pretty quick. But I noticed that Julie was struggling with this and I, you know, I'm her husband, I'm not her coach. So it's not like I'm going to be able to go there and, you know, say, Julie, this is what's going on. It's not like I have even the authority to do that. I mean, from the, you know, from the intellectual perspective, I'm not a, a physiologist. I'm nothing. I'm not any more athletic than she is by nature. So, um, but our approaches to it were different. So what happened was she would go to Orange Theory and she would search, sure enough, Orange Theory is 25 people, probably usually, you know, 20 of which are women. And you're going to find a lot of, uh, you know, women were, which were Julie's age, plus or minus. And then they all for the, you know, first, and, and this is still a good batch of them. They just go there and they walk on the treadmills. And Julie was one of the walkers for a long time. 
And because she had convinced herself that she couldn't run, that she couldn't handle the speeds, that she couldn't, you know, her knees, oh, she had these, this, she literally was saying all this stuff. And then she was, she surrounded herself with a bunch of ladies that basically had their own list of reasons why they couldn't, you know, do what was necessary, even though there were other females, women their age that were there that would be covered in sweat, that would be running faster than any of the men, that would be kicking absolute ass on a regular basis. But they weren't gravitating towards the women that were doing uh, phenomenally well. Julie gravitated initially, and this is Julie who's supposedly the number one coach in the the United States real estate agent. So let's keep this in mind. Um, And so she was, but she was gravitating because of these limiting beliefs she's had about herself. She was gravitating towards these other women that were reinforcing her being like them. Now she didn't now maybe it was comfortable for her it's easy for her she wasn't getting drenched in sweat you know she was showing up looking like she was ready for a, you know pictures to be taken and she'd leave like that too every day every day every day even though there was always three or four women there that were just absolute ass kickers so what julie eventually started doing is she would go and i watched this happen you know she had this group of friends that were at orange theory and um so she would uh start to try to run she would start to try to break free because she was getting sick of her own bullshit was really what was happening. She was seeing that she could do more. She was gradually getting a little bit uh, stronger, but she didn't realize that she was getting stronger because she never gave herself the opportunity to actually experiment with it. Then she started experimenting, but here's what happened. The, the gals that she had befriended were still walking. They weren't running. And all of a sudden, Julie started running. So imagine four or five runners or four or five, you know, treadmills beside each other. And you have all these women walking and then you had Julie starting to run. Well, they didn't like, what are you doing? This is hard. Complain, 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 bitch, 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 moan, moan, moan. I mean, that's, this is what all these gals were. Julie wasn't doing it to that extent, but that's what they were doing. Yeah, I, I know. But this, but this, this is the, this is the gist of the story. Cause I want all of them to relate this to the real estate yeah. business. Right. So Julie was in, um, amongst all these women who are complaining, and they are still there. A lot of them are still complaining. But here's what happened. Julie started running. Her friends started rejecting the fact that she was trying to break free of the walking paradigm. And so she started uh, walking again. And then she, then she connected with another gal. And the other gal, I'm not going to uh, take too much credit for this, but I did pick on both of them and tell them that, you know, it prompted them a little bit, tried to get them to compete with each other. And when Julie had this other gal to start competing against, lightly competing, wasn't for real. But then she started having somebody, right, then she started having somebody who was willing to break free of the walking paradigm and willing to make herself uncomfortable and do what she didn't want to do on a date. Okay, so Julie and this gal, and Erica, if you're listening, we're talking about you, started running. And now these gals kick absolute ass every single day. Now, here's what's really fascinating to watch. A lot of this other group of gals that she was walking with originally, now they're starting to run. They're starting to pick up the pace because Julie and Erica broke free of that lazy paradigm, that limiting belief paradigm, and they then have been following those people as a result. And so what had to happen for her to go through that mental process? What has to happen for you to go through the mental process and realizing that your limiting beliefs are what's holding you back from not just physically doing stuff physical, but doing stuff financial, because that's the essence of our message, right? Can you relate to the story I just told Julie? Because I watch all this happen in the last 10 months. You know, I watch this, Julie and I watch this happen all the time with our coaching clients. But how embedded into Julie's psyche was her belief that something were wrong with her knees, something was wrong with her heart, 
Something is wrong with her ability to breathe. Something is wrong with her ability to whatever. So Julie, I'm going to give it over to you. You can self-flagellate yourself to whatever extent you feel. But let's, yeah. that's right. But let's do the best job we can trying to help people that were, that are going through that process themselves in their businesses. So leave it all in the field. Well, sister. Right. So let's, let's relate this back to something practical and tactical, right? So the facts are, you're right. I probably spent maybe even 30 years specifically hating the treadmill or anything to do with running. Probably started, I don't know, seventh or eighth grade when we had to run track, hated that. And in fact, I can confess that I pretty much skipped all of gym class from there forward. <laughs> so I didn't have a great athletic background. I had no athletic coaching or training whatsoever. So I had nothing to get me off of hating running and thinking that I suck at cardio and I'm going to die from this. And, you know, as soon as I can't catch my breath, then, you know, I'm like one step away from the hospital. I had nothing to negate that. So I had a lot of you know, years of anti-running baggage to contend with, which I didn't even realize I had. I just kind of was like who I was and what I dealt with, right? Okay, so it wasn't in, okay, so how do you go from that much hating of something, lamenting it, thinking that you can't do it? This should sound like, you know, things like prospecting, lead follow-up, getting out of your comfort zone for some of you, okay? How do you break out of that? Well, the first thing that I had to do was show up. I had to sign up for Orange Theory, knowing that it was going to be the hardest workout ever, just by looking at the equipment, I could tell that. So that was a little intimidating. Not only that, but they have heart rate monitors that are displayed on the big screen for the entire class and a real coach on you all the time. So just a little intimidating, you know, like signing up for coaching and doing things that maybe make you a little uncomfortable, like going on listing presentations that are out of your own neighborhood or not a referral. Just trying to relate this back. Okay, so I had to show up. Not only did I have to show up, but I had to show up very consistently. In the stages of learning, this is called concentration. It's like work, 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 work. Where are my results? And along the way, there's a lot of, gosh, you know, maybe this isn't going to work, or I kind of suck at this. It's not for me. All of these types of things, right? So I had to show up enough that I had time to work through all of that and get better. And as Tim described, it really did happen that way. I was starting to walk. I was pretty much surrounded by other people that not only also hated the treadmill, but weren't afraid to talk about that. And they were just it was kind of the walk and talk crowd. And probably in every workout class, there's probably still a contingency of that. But I, I sort of felt like I, that was my crowd. And then after being consistent and going and going and going and starting to learn more about it through the coaches, through having probably better equipment and monitoring and consistency, I started to make some discoveries along the way, like I wasn't actually going to die from it. And maybe if I just upped the treadmill by one or two little micro points each time that I could improve incrementally. That's called showing up consistently. You cannot get to a breakthrough without showing up, without the concentration part. You cannot get to momentum without first going through concentration. It's impossible to skip it. So then I met Erica, and yes, Tim, through a little bit of light harassment or harassment in your case, we <laughs> discovered some, uh, some fun, what we call now gamification. And I think Orange Theory is full of a lot of potential gamification. as part of why they post what you're doing on the board. So, for example, Erica and I kind of discovered that you could raise your heart rate so you can get your splat points, you know, you could raise your heart rate faster by
by not necessarily running faster, but the combination of running a little bit faster and raising your incline. Okay, so that became fun for us that we, it was kind of like a hack that we figured out. It was becoming fun. Dear God, running was becoming fun. Are you kidding me? I mean, I have these thoughts like, really? I'd rather be on the treadmill than the weight floor? Is that really true? No, no, no. I still, I still question that from time to time, having that thought. Okay. So then, of course, Erica has to raise the game on me. And now that she's figured out the inclines, now we're going to race to orange. And we do that every time we're both in class together because it's more fun that way. Then we have to race now that our game is trying to beat you, Tim, if you haven't noticed. Oh, I'm well aware, so, and you guys almost did the other day. <laughs> okay, I'm well aware. the other day, which is hard. It's really hard. So uh, I think that part of it for me as a more academic, intellectual type, I had to understand more. I had to have a coach tell me, for example, on the rower that once you get to 200 watts, you can get to orange faster. I, that, I never would have considered that. I just thought I had to row harder. Well, that gave me something to concentrate on. I understood it. Now, in real estate, this is no different than all of a sudden understanding why it's important to do things like have a pre-listing package and a real presentation that has an actual pattern to it, that it actually works. Now, you might know that in the back of your mind because we've told you that, but until you use it and you get results, you don't really buy it. We know you don't. You actually have to use it and get results. And that's why Tim was referring at the top of this podcast to the Facebook page where there's so many of you posting, oh, my God, I had to do what I didn't want to do and I didn't want to do it and I had to figure out how to do it at a high level. And lo and behold, what happens? Many of you post, you're not going to believe this. I talked to three people and got three real leads and one listing already signed and I sold it, you know, two days after I got it. You have to have not just the concentration and the aha moments, but you also have to apply it. I had but to Julie, see that I could run, that I wasn't going to die, in order to buy that and then get to the next level. For me, let's I couldn't just skip to the next level without that. Yes. Let's draw parallels. Okay, so guys, I was telling you, and Julie just reinforced it. This is, you know, so first of all, I want you to know that you can't have a coach that's going to be uh, good at coaching unless they themselves are trying to change themselves and improving. Uh, the best way to know whether someone's going to be great at something in life in general is if they're always constantly putting themselves under, uh, you know, they're trying to, they're not being complacent. And so we're telling you these stories because we want you guys to know that we're not being complacent ourselves. And because we're not complacent, you're going to feed off our non-complacent energy as that's the reason many of you listen to the podcast. But here's the parallel. So Julie could have stayed with the, what did you call them, Julie? The caddy walkers? What did you call them? The, the, the walk and talkers. <laughs> Walk and talkers. The walk and talkers, yeah. The walk and talkers who showed up in makeup, who showed up, uh, you know, basically they never sweated. They had nice little conversations, whatever, whatever. Julie could have stayed in the walk and talkers. And the walk and talkers are comfortable. They're easy. They're the ones that are not going to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level. Oh, they're showing up. They're going to the gym, but they're really not doing shit. They might as well just stayed at home, if we're being honest. You know, they're the ones that basically are saying, honey, I'm going to the gym. You know, it could be a man's voice. Okay, too, stop so right there for a second. That is yes. doing your time. That is showing up but not making the effort. That's like That's doing right. your lead follow-up right. with not ever closing for an appointment. Oh, I made my calls. That's making contacts, not making appointments. I just – So, right, no, it's perfect. So, but here's, here's yeah. the problem. Those gals tried to pull – they still do. They still try to pull Julie and Erica. And now there's Julie, Erica, and Rachel, and there's some other gals too. They try to pull them back yep. into – the, Yep, Emily. They try to pull them back into their walk and talk group. They do. 
And but the thing is, is that they refuse. You guys get tried to bit you, your getting pulled into walk and talk group is the emails from Zillow are the emails from all these other companies that are trying yeah. to sell you leads that are trying to sell you into the idea that you can walk and that you can walk and talk and get results, even though intuitively, you know, it's not true. So all these other, you know, coaches and gurus that are trying to sell you shortcuts that are trying to literally say, and they will tell you this in the bullshit that they spew, they'll actually say, you don't ever have to be uncomfortable. You don't ever have to make yourself uncomfortable. Why would you say thing? Why you don't want to be seen as a salesperson? You don't have to learn any scripts. Just be yourself, being yourself. They say stuff like that. I hear them saying stuff like that. They're lying to you. They're spewing bullshit because they themselves either don't know that long-term ever-increasing success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, or they do know, but they know telling that truthful message makes it so that their product, whatever they're trying to sell to you, has to be a thousand times hard, or a thousand times more effective, which it isn't. You guys will line up all day long to buy a blue pill that if you take it, will make it so you no longer have to go to Orange Theory and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. That's what they're selling. They're selling the lazy pill. You need to say, hell no. Look, Julie, I didn't tell you. 151,000 of you listened to us yesterday. So I want at least 151,000 of you to get it into your heads that if you're not experiencing the life that you want, if you're not experiencing the lifestyle that you want, if you don't have the things in life that you want, be materialistic. You're a spiritual being in a physical plane. You might as well have nice stuff because you need shoes, might as well be nice shoes. Make sense? If you're not experiencing the travel, if you're if you find yourself giving up, oh, I guess I'm gonna be 30 pounds overweight for the rest of my life, or I guess I'm gonna be a bad month from broke the rest of my life. I I guess a good vacation for me is gonna be going down to the holler again. If but when you were younger, you knew better, you were thinking bigger, or at least you're getting the idea that you've been holding yourself back. Many of you have been holding yourself back for decades. Why don't you stop? Look, guys, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. You only live once and you're dead a real real, real long time. So might as well make the most of this life. And the difference, Julie, between going from being a walk and talker, which I haven't heard you say before. So the difference between being a walk and talker to a gal now that can run, you know, high six minute miles, you tell me how it is, how hard was it for you not to go back to the walking and talking? Because that's ultimately what's going to ruin these guys' potentiality is they're going to get started and they stop. So how did you stay on course other than, let's be honest, my constant badgering and making fun of you and Erica and trying well, to keep you guys challenged? I have to say, having Erica and now we have adopted some other gals into our more competitive group, um, I think that that helps tremendously. That's That, for me, you know that that's accountability because whenever I see her truck and I make sure that it's the truck with the black wheels so I know for sure it's Erica – Okay, whenever I see her truck, I'm like, oh, which I secretly love her being there, but I also am like, oh, man, now I have to be really accountable and I have to actually try harder. And she says the same thing to me. So I think that there is absolutely, and, and in fact, our, our talk about goals, they proved by splitting those different groups up that the ones that not just wrote down their goals, not just posted their goals, not just read their goals, but the ones that also had accountability, i.e. coaching on some level, okay, absolutely had better results faster. That does make a huge difference. It's not that I don't make an effort if she's not there. It's that having people that are like-minded around you that are pushing you, and I call them interested third parties, like who we are as your coaches and future coaches. 
I think it makes a tremendous difference. And not just that, but the Orange Theory actual coaches themselves to keep you on track and give you tiny little hacks that make you successful faster so that you can feel that. I think that combined with I have at least some level of competitive nature that makes it more fun, right? But everybody does. I I I mean, everybody has it. You don't see it until you work on it. You know, a lot of people don't bring that out until they're in an environment to make it happen, and that's the first step. The funny thing now, I, I always laugh when, like, people come up to me now and they'll be like, oh, my God, how long have you been doing this, and how do you, how do, you do that? How do you get splat points? I'm like, it just cracks me up because I know how hard it is for me still, but it's fun for me to have other people look at me as somebody that maybe can help them, so that's kind of nice, right? And that's Julie, where our Julie, coaching affiliate Hold on, sister. Go You're going. So Julie has literally been invited to be a uh, to do what was it, Julie? Mo- what the hell is it? It's not modeling, but you, you to compete in some sort of uh, you, what was it? Some I don't know. I can't even say it. Like I call it prancing around on stage. <laughs> like in a bathing some bodybuilding. suit. Somebody. Yeah. I don't even know what it. But I thought that was it funny was- too. And now you know when I get on the treadmills, I've had like four or five times. Um, people will change treadmills and I'm like, what? And they'll go, I don't want to run next to you. You run the whole time. And that just Mm -hmm. really cracks me up. Like, no, run next to me so that we can help each other, you know, because I know what it feels like to feel that way. So, but let me relate this guys to Julie and I's own, when we started selling real estate. So when we started selling real, Julie and I have been married 27 years. You realize that woman this year, 27 years. We got married when we were in our early twenties, 20 and 21. We bought our first house when we were still in college. So we've been in real estate basically ever since we've been in puberty almost. Um, But here's the thing. When we started selling real estate, we sold, we sold over a hundred houses our first year. Now we didn't really have a plan for that. And we've talked about this before, but we did know the basics of selling. But what we really knew was that we had to work. We didn't have, we hadn't actually intellectualized doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. We hadn't actually thought through that. You know, we were just basic kids that are trying to do something that didn't result in having to do what we were doing before. We wanted to improve our lives. We wanted to pay off our student loans. You know, we had 47,000 in student loans. We paid them off in the first year. So that was our really our only goal. So what we did is we did exactly what we asked you guys to do. And of course, we've modernized it where necessary because that was a while ago. But what we really did is we worked our asses off and we never have stopped doing it. We know that you can, there's very few things that you can bank on. One of the things you can always bank on is the walk and the talkers. You can always bank on people wanting to be lazy or calling it in. And if you're willing to remember that when you're working at the highest level, when you're doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do at the highest level, if you can't find the internal motivation for that, just reconnect with the fact that your purpose on this planet, where you feel the best, the most fulfilled, the most in sync with everything is when you're being of service to other people. So those folks out there, what sellers really are, are people that need your help. It's not a listing or a sale or a transaction, even a commission check. That's somebody that needs your help. That is the mindset. When you have that mindset and you follow it up with action, and oftentimes when Julie was just, that's the reason I told you guys this story. When she gets on that treadmill to this day, to me too. You know, when I go to Orange Theory, there's never an easy day. It always sucks. Always. I never look forward to it. In new and different ways. Anyway. Yeah. 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 They figure out new ways to make it suck every day, but it works. 
And that's the reason that that's the reason we love that system, by the way, is because it's in perfect alignment with what Julie and I do in our coaching business. It's almost like Julie and I came out with a, uh, you know, a, a physical workout plan or they came out with a coaching for agents plan. It's the same thing. But really, guys, none of it will work if you just want to be a walk and talker. You're not going to get the benefit unless you're willing to put in the effort. And there's no easy button. There's no shortcut. That's the thing you have to understand. You have to do the work. What, you want us to lie to you and tell you if you mail out a thousand postcards? Oh, the reason you're not selling more houses is because you have to work on your logo and your brand. Really? Do you guys really believe that? Really? Now, look, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Some of you don't know what you don't know. And so you are susceptible to believing people that uh, maybe your broker office manager. I know some of you, so many of you are plagued with brokers and office managers. You get your real estate licenses. And what's the first thing they tell you to do, Julie? You hear this all the time. Someone got their license and the broker office manager tells them to? Well, I'm not sure what you're driving back, but probably go back to their – Oh, yeah, and I have a specific example of that, right? One of our premier coaching clients wrote – I think echoing. on the Facebook page a while, a while ago that uh, their broker said, and I quote, oh, well, you only prospect until you can afford to, ba to buy leads. And they were like, are you kidding me? Why would you ever – buy leads if you knew how to create business on your own and basically walked out of the broker's office. But yes, yeah, one of the first things they say, sign up for this and that and the rest. They never say, you know, <laughs> never mind what's already on your visa. It's totally destructive. So back to you. I've got to get to Premier. You do. So there it is, guys. So many of you guys are given bad information. So much of the bad information comes from people that don't do it with the intent of harming you. They don't. They just don't know any better themselves. And I say that with as much as, much as I think is due. Because if you're a broker or an office manager and you're listening, and I know there's literally tens of thousands of you who are who are listening, and you're telling your agents just to buy their business because that's what you were told, ask yourself, did it work for you? Really? Was that what you should have done? Really? Or should you have actually buckled down and learned the skills to be of service to other people so you could have been a powerful listing agent and had a career opposed to just occasionally making money now and then? Is that really what you would have told your, if someone, did somebody tell you that when you got your license, office manager and broker, if you've only been in the business 10 years, I bet you that's all you ever were told. Because since 2007, the era of buying leads began. Well, guess what, guys? The era of buying leads is starting to round the bend because it's become oversaturated. When you hear people complaining about the quality of the leads and you hear a couple of people complaining, you say, ah, blow them off. When you hear tens of thousands of agents complaining that the lead quality sucks, you ought to listen. You ought to learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make the same mistakes. The best agents in the country have just completely and totally rejected buying business. And by the way, here's something that will shock many of you. They're completely and totally rejecting building big teams too. You don't believe me? Listen to the superstar interviews we do with some of the richest agents in the nation, and you'll hear them saying forming a team was one of the biggest mistakes that they made because they made no profit. We've been telling you guys that for years. Forming a big team will result in you making virtually no profit. Profit where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your profit. So here's the bottom line. Guys, it's not that difficult. Stop making it difficult. When you show up at the gym, put your shoes on, lace both of them up at once, and suck it up, buttercup, and just run your ass off. And what you'll find is you're a lot stronger than you thought you were. You have a lot more endurance than you thought you did. Stop listening to all the walk and the talkers or in the real estate world, all the people that basically are telling you, oh, fizzbos are gross. They eat, they're young or, you know, all these other things, all these other, all this other crap that you guys get pounded with every day 
about, you know, you don't want to actually become a salesperson. You don't want, you're feeding the weaker self part of yourself every single day. Whenever you listen to someone telling you that you don't have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Oh, I know some of you are going to do Facebook ads. You're going to send out videos until the cows come home and the business will pour back on you. Here's a little thought for you. Just ask yourself this simple, basic question. If I were to call you up today, and I'm not going to, but if I were to, and I were to offer you 10 must sell now today, go list some sellers, 10 listings, or if I were to give you 50 buyer leads, which would you take? Every single one of you would take the listings. Well, guess what? In every single one of your markets, there are not just 10, but there's probably thousands of sellers right now who have their hands in their air saying, come list me. You just have to know what to say. You have to know how to find them. You have to know what to say. And you have to have a prof professional approach. That's what we do. And the best part, nine out of 10 of these seller leads are free. You don't have to pay for them. You don't need a big team to go after sellers. And the profit is crazy because you, the average amount of time, someone did the math on this. We've done it before, but it's hard to know for sure. You spend something like 10% of the time with the seller all in from the, from the call, the listing appointment, the closing and the whole thing than you do with a buyer. How about that? So not only do you make more money, not only is it less hassle, but you can start having a normal life where you don't have to work, you know, basically off hours. You don't have to, as a buyer's agent, you're just working when everyone else doesn't work, which means you're going to give up all your nights and your weekends. You're going to give up all your time with your family. That's the reason you got into real estate. I know what we're saying resonates with a lot of you guys because thousands of you are tuning in every day. You know, you're joining our coaching programs. Some of you are still on the fence. I ask you, I challenge you, you're, ask yourself this one question. Why is it that you're resisting the obvious? Why? What are you afraid of? What truthfully, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? By saying, yes, I realize that I've been looking for the easy button my whole life. What has that resulted in? What have you given up? What potentiality? What dreams? It's kind of sad, isn't it? It's not too late. If you're listening to us, it's not too late. If you've listened to us for the past 30 minutes or listened to us for the past thousands of shows, it's not too late. There's obviously still something inside of you that wants to do something extraordinary. If you've been waiting or like many of you, 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 you're showing up, you're just not putting in the effort. That's most of you. Let's be honest. It's time for you to really kick it in. There's still time this year to make this your best year ever. Listen, guys, I got to go to a coaching call. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>